It started way before that with codependency. It's a way for us to feel loved and valued at the same time ignoring what's ours. It's a it's a complete lack of boundaries, both you know traditional boundaries and also emotional boundaries, like not knowing where I end and you begin. This is a Soulfire production. All right, so welcome back or welcome to the show. You're listening to episode 107 and we're coming to you live from the Advocare Spark studio. And this is a gin and juiced episode, a series inside the Yes And podcast where we explore addiction, sobriety, alcohol-free living, and really truly what it looks like to live a high vibe life on your own terms, I'm your host, Judy Holler. And with me is my gin and juiced co-host, Mr. Amanda Zayner in the house. What's up, AZ? What's going on, people? What's going on? Okay, girl, girl, girl. I am so excited to talk to Andrea Owen today. I cannot. I um, cannot either. I cannot. So I, I'm just going to come up out and tell you what I'm the most excited to talk to her about because I think so many people misunderstand it. I want to talk about codependency. I want to talk about what it is and you know how we can start to determine if we are codependent and if we're not. And most importantly, like what can we do to start setting ourselves free from it? So um, I have a feeling boundaries will be a big part of this conversation. So I'm excited to, to talk about that. What about you? I don't know. Andrea is just a really interesting character. I don't mean character in a bad way. She just, she has a lot to say. She is in a really interesting lane and her perspective is a little bit different than most people um, in the sobriety space. I don't even think she technically owns herself in the sobriety space, but it's certainly something that she talks about. So I don't know. I'm just kind of curious how the conversation is going to go, but I am fangirling a little bit because, you know, she's sober (gasps) and it's, yeah. And it's fun to see people that you can kind of look up to that are a little more ahead of you on their journey and kind of see the work that they've done to get where they are. Mm, I love that. This is going to be a moment. I cannot wait to get her on the air. Uh, While we're talking about excited, she's going to come up uh, any minute now. But first, uh, I am really excited, Amanda, about our big news. Our big news, girl. I feel like we need a drum roll. Drum roll, please. Soulfire, give us a drum roll. Okay, so I'm really excited. Yeah, we had to have a drum roll for that. Uh, Our House of And monthly mentorship is here. And I want to give you one free month so you can go check it out and try before you buy. So here's the deal. For less than $2 a day, you're going to get to work directly with me and Amanda live every month so you can live into and with our House of And mindset and methodology all year long. Yep. You know, here's the thing. The house of and's secret sauce is really our approach. It's unlocking the power of and. And my favorite part, which is always my favorite part, is the community. Mm, Our community has become the absolute embodiment of our mission. From women who have kicked cancer to people writing New York Times bestsellers to creating businesses of people's dreams. Look, we believe that anything is possible and we're helping you get to where you want to go one and at a time. 100%. And we actually got a message from a community member last week during our masterclass. Amanda, you'll remember this. And I want to read a line from it because I think it really sums up 
the methodology. She wrote this. Okay, this feels like a mental health plan, a business plan, and a life plan all wrapped up into one. (laughs) Exactly. It does feel that way because that is what it is. It relates to all things. Yeah. You know what? This is big, y'all. I don't do one-on-one coaching anymore, and my keynotes are typically booked by private clients. So this is your chance to get exclusive monthly content and coaching from yours. Truly, we've got links in the show notes so you can learn more. If you're wondering what it costs, we've got a monthly mentorship pass. It's 49 bucks. Yo, that's $1.63 a day, $12.25 a week. You can cancel anytime. And I'd love for you to try it out for yourself, right? Try it before you buy. We're going to give you a code. You can use the code open the door. The link will be in the show notes and you can get one month free. Come join us to see what it's all about. Meet some of the fam and take a look. You know, I'm confident that you're going to be so hype after just one class that you are going to want to live into this mindset all year long. I mean, this is your life. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. So stop waiting for someday. Yeah, it's time. It's time. It's time to make someday today because there is only right now and this is our year. So I've officially declared 2022 the year of and and our mission is to open as many doors as possible. And I hope you'll join us. Link in the show notes to learn more. And don't forget to get your free month by using open the door. We'll see you there. Andrea Owen, we are so excited to have you on Gin and Juiced. Welcome to Gin and Juiced. Thank you for having me. I love, even though I am sober, I do love the title of the show. It's hilarious. I, I love a good play on words. I, you know what? I'm here for a good pun always and every day. Mm-hmm. And I have a deep-rooted love affair with all things Snoop Doggy Dog. Same. I am a, oh, really? We, we, we're we, around the same age. So it okay, came out probably when age. we were like high school, college age. Yes, girl. 1994. Okay. 1994. Yes. Okay. We are six months apart. I think we found this <laughs> out on right. your podcast. So represent 76. Are you 77 or 76? 75. Mm-hmm. Oh, 75. Represent uh-huh. 75, 76. Amanda's a little whippersnapper. So Amanda's, 79. you know. <laughs> Seven represents 79. Maybe. I digress. But br- bring it in the rear in Gen X. Yes, that's what we love, Amanda. <laughs> so, no doubt about course. it. Hey, we-, we rocked a Snoop Dogg, too. That was the soundtrack to my yeah. young years as well. Damn right. That's true. I'm telling you, talk about someone who just seems to transcend time. And as we go into a conversation about addiction and recovery, um, we are going to talk about um, some big things today. And I know that you, Andrea, have walked a walk and your books are full of so much relatable, badass, non-bullshitty advice. Um, You have this really playful way of making people think differently, but also not feel judged for the bullshit that they've done in their past or the bullshit they may currently be doing. And that is, I first just off the jump have to commend you for that because that in itself is a gift. I think so many people don't come to recovery or ask for help or say how lonely they are because they worry that they're going to feel judged, especially when they fall off and slip, Mm -hmm. which I know all three of us individuals have at one point or another. And so just thank Thank you off the jump for being you, for saying it how it is, and for doing this this fucking work in the world. Thank you. I mean, that was my original goal and it hasn't changed. Like the the big picture of what I want to do in the world is just normalize 
all these, not necessarily just the hard things, but normalize the talking about it. Cause mm. I didn't grow up in a family where that was normal. And I always like felt stuff. And I'm like, what is this thing? There's a ghost in this house and I don't know what it is. And like, nobody talked about it. And so I kind of joke that I'm making up for lost time that I, I want to talk. Like one of the things I want to ask people when I first meet them is like, who broke your heart and what happened? Ooh. And they're like, mm. It's not a good jumping off point. Damn. (laughs) So, ladies and gentlemen, that pretty much sums up Andrea Owen. She will ask you the questions. They're like, avoid that lady at parties at all costs. (laughs) But doesn't it tell the story? The sign of a good coach. It really does. Because we all have an answer to that. Mm -hmm. It really does. Okay, so you write this at the very beginning of your new book, Make Some Noise. This is literally how the letter to readers, which opens the book, ends. And Amanda, I was screaming, jumping up and down because this is so fucking House of And. This is so our mindset, and this is so what that ampersand represents. She writes this. May I remind you that this is it. There are no dress rehearsals or do-overs. Today and every day is the beginning of your life, and it's up to you to live the shit out of it. All you have to do is tap that hunger. Believe, even for a moment, that you have the power to create what you want and then take some action. Killer. Yeah. I thought this so, thing. I mean, damn. I get excited when I read that and I wrote it. (laughs) You're a great writer, by the way. Really Really great writer, really beautiful writer. So tell me this. I mean, you know, I've just read your bio and people can Google search you up. But like, who is Andrea Owen? Oh, geez. I mean, it's just a human at, at the core of it, just a human who has walked through, you know, in my 46 years, some joyful times, some terrible times, some confusing times, just with so all, all the feelings and emotions. And I also love to have a sense of humor about it. Like I, I, I have to, and maybe it comes from a defense mechanism, like a coping mechanism of like choosing humor, sarcasm, and passive aggression, but it's it, at its worst, but at its <laughs> best, it's, it, it's, we cannot take this so seriously. Yeah. Like it just, it will, for me, it will eat me alive if I, if I do. So I love to have a sense of humor about it. And I'm also, you know, I wear a lot of hats. I'm a mom, I'm a wife, I'm yeah. a writer, I'm a speaker up on stages and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I love that. Um, I think that's, you know, Amanda and I were saying this as we were thinking about goals for this year and just what we did last year. And we got to this point, I'm like, we stopped having fun for a minute. And I think there was so much. And also, let's be clear, the collective trauma. Sure. That we've all just gone through. You're you're in my business too. Pandemic, you know. We've (laughs) never done this. (laughs) Like reinventing a business and a life and a sanity and a mental health plan all overnight is right. is not for the faint of heart. So to give ourselves some credit, but Amanda and I said like, that's one of our big goals this year is to take what we already have and keep moving, but to not forget to have a sense of humor about all yeah. of it along the way. And I, I have always connected with that um, in your work. So I thank you for that for sure. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely would say the same thing throughout. I listened to your first book, How to Stop Feeling Like, I think it's your second book, How to Stop Feeling Like Shit. So I did, I listened to that on audio and then there were so many juicy bits in the first part of Make Some Noise. Things like uh, you have to name it to tame it um, and then question your objections. There was just some really great 
useful one-liners I pulled right from the start and entwined in those are stories that do bring humor, but you know, this is really serious stuff. Um, and it does change people's lives. Like your books are amazing. And so that brings me to, you know, we talked a little bit of the, about the pandemic and how that has changed things. And there's a meme that says something like, I don't think I get enough credit for doing this shit sober. And I'm like, seriously. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I know that you're sober and this is a podcast about recovery and, and alcohol, experimentation with sober living. Could you tell us a little bit about your story of sobriety? Yeah. And and I don't like to tell my story of sobriety starting, if I, if I talk to you just about the alcohol, I'm really talking just about like the half mile or the last half mile in a marathon. Cause it started Mm. way before that with codependency Mm. and because I mean, for people who are sober curious or people who have been in recovery for a long time understand this, like it's never about the drinking or the shopping or the food. We sometimes convince ourselves of that. It's not. It's about the problem that we think that that's going to solve, like that the alcohol, the shopping, the food is going to solve. And that's what we need to get to the bottom of. And so for me, it started with codependency. I just, you know, kind of your normal run-of-the-mill daddy issues, like as a teenager. And then I turned to boys instead of my dad in, in high school and and learned it also from family patterns of just if I just I made a TikTok about it, like making making fun of it. Of there's that TikTok sound that says, Tell Jesus the bitch is back. And it's like when I relapse into codependency, and then I'm like dancing on my way. And, and the text I said said, um, here I go on my way to get into everybody else's business, solve all their problems, all while ignoring the disaster that is my own life. Oh wow. That's what codependency is. Okay. In a nutshell, I was gonna ask you, that was like one of my questions. Like, I want to have a conversation about codependency, but to pin that real quick, mm-hmm. it is essentially you ignoring, am I understanding this right? Codepend- if you are a real codependent, you are in- ignoring all your own priorities, mess, stuff, needs, needs mm-hmm. so that you can tend to everybody else's shit because right. that is how you feel you get value or that is how yeah. you feel seen. Okay. And it's also, and it's a, it's a way for us to feel loved and valued at the same time, ignoring what's ours. It's a, it's a complete lack of boundaries, both, you know, traditional boundaries and also emotional boundaries, like not knowing where I end and you begin. So for instance, you know, I, I was in a really, a long-term relationship and I was obsessed with fixing him in order to fix us. And, you know, patriarchy tells us that it's a woman's responsibility to nurture and fix the the relationship, especially if we're in a heterosexual relationship. And, and that was just how it manifested the most in that relationship. But I was severely codependent and that also morphed into love addiction for me. Mm. So it was never really about, there's a really great line. I I really love the band Florence and the Machine. And there's a song, um, oh my gosh, I'm totally, uh, and now, of course, I can't remember the name Isn't of it because I'm remember, trying to remember the lyrics. But she says um, about I, I wanted you so badly, but you could be anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's how I felt like I, I wanted to hook up with men and sometimes sleep with them. But mostly it was like the chase that yeah. I was obsessed with. It became like my higher power. And I would, mm-hmm. you know, find a new relationship, like hook up with that that guy. And then as soon as he showed some interest, I was like, Mm. <laughs> on to the next one. Ooh. So it was this really dysfunctional, toxic 
um, combination of anxious attachment and avoidance. And I was also, by the way, in a relationship that whole time. So I was like cheating on my, my then boyfriend and it was a, it was a mess. This was all in my twenties. And then also sort of in and out of an eating disorder where I was strict, I restricted heavily my calories and also binged through exercise. I would run endless miles on the treadmill, just beating up my body all in the name of thinness and having something to control. I wanted to control the size of my body. So that was fun. <laughs> and, and that well, was that your 20s. Well, that sums up my 20s, too. Thanks that for that, Andrea. That, you guys yeah. have a lot in yeah. common. You guys have a lot in Parallel common. lives. Yeah, because yeah. Amanda had this whole competitive fitness phase mm-hmm. um, where she was like a bodybuilder, right? I don't want to speak for yeah. you, but you did a lot of that. Yeah. I, that yeah, would have been it, my drug if I would have it gotten into morphs. it. It morphs. It just morphs. And it's so funny that you mentioned. So I always would tell people that whether or not I ever picked up a drug, like I was going to be very alcoholic in my thinking because family systems are so toxic and my codependency is insane. And I, I'm certain if you've done work in codependency, you've read codependency no more. Um, yeah. It's a staple kind of book to work through. It was the hardest thing I've ever worked on. And one of the things that I, it is, I realized was that there is so much manipulation that takes place Mm -hmm. inside of codependency. And it's something I never wanted to look at in myself. And I always wanted it to be about other people. But the truth is, again, what you just said, it all goes back to control. Yeah. Yeah. And then we become martyrs and we're like, after everything I've done Mm. for you, like, can't you see how much I love you? Can't you see that I'm doing this for you? It's, it's highly manipulative. And, and I want to say this too, like you said something really important, Amanda, is that, and I always say there's a big difference between sobriety and recovery. So I got sober from codependence and love addiction. So what that meant was, is I did my best to stay out of other people's business. And as they say in 12 steps, like kept my side of the street clean. And I wasn't like, out whoring. So like (laughs) I stopped those (laughs) symptoms, but that doesn't mean that I was in recovery. Like, and and you can still be an asshole and, but not participate in, and they call that a dry drunk in in the Mm. rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I, I, I'm sad to say that happens to a lot of people because I think getting sober is the easy part. It's the staying sober and the recovery that will kick your ass up and down the street. And that never ends. It never ends. And I think that's the part that scares a lot of people. And I don't mean to do that. I wouldn't trade it in for anything. I have very few moments of, wouldn't it have been easier if I just kept drinking? And that's my alcoholic, like talking to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I bargaining, that quickly. sort of bargaining with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You touched on so many incredible points that people in our community, people that listen to this podcast, like the range from shopping to men, to food, to alcohol, like the range of addiction is to working out. Yes. And I think that people don't understand that. Um, actually we all are probably a little bit addicted to something. Sure. You know, and that we white knuckle. And so to your point of like in the rooms of AA, they call it dried being a dry drunk or you're white knuckling it, which means that you're in all the pain and discomfort of not having your drug of choice. Yeah. And doing nothing to find peace, joy, and like health inside of that new lifestyle choice. Um, So this is really, really hitting me like right in the heart because this is so important and so much of the personal work that I have to do in my own recovery and like you said, it's quite cyclical and I go in and out of success in recovery. <laughs> like I go oh, into white knuckling it with everything. Do. Yeah. 
I think if someone is saying, if someone tells you that they have a smooth recovery and I mean, there were some people in, in the, in the 12 step rooms that I was very wary of who had a bit of a God complex and like, I'm going to say it, they were all men and I ended up moving away from that. But I think it would be helpful for those wondering if we sort of defined what addiction is. I take a lot away from the work of, um, Dr. Gabor Matei. He's, he's like the Brene Brown of, mm. in my opinion, of not just recovery and addiction, but of also trauma, which there's, there's a big connection there. And he, he speaks of, or sorry, of addiction of any behavior that you do that gives you temporary pleasure and or relief from some pain that you're in. And it becomes, and there's negative consequences from it. And you also cannot stop even in the face of those negative consequences you you try to stop or if you stay in denial about it. So he says it a little bit more clinical than I do, but I found that helpful because so many of the things that we talk about, like exercise, yeah, is, is people's self-care. And people ask me like, how do I know? How do I know if it's self-care versus it's a great question. A problem. And like I can't answer that for someone, but I, I feel like if someone's questioning and asking themselves the question, they that probably might know. be their answer. <laughs> like Amanda blurry, says like so line. great. She says so great. She's like, um, people don't drew like people that don't have a problem with alcohol don't typically do a dry January or a sober no. October. So right, like to your point, if you're asking the question, you probably know you have a problem. So I love that. Yeah. Keep going, Andrea. Well, and it's just, you know, I know I know very few people who can pick up a drink and and put it down and are sort of indifferent about it. And mm. and like you said, you know, I was at a party when I was in early sobriety with my husband. I used to play roller derby and it was our Christmas party. And I'm looking, I'm watching all the other other women and, and their partners. And and I turned to my husband and I said, don't you think it's interesting that everybody here is, um, I can't even remember what it was. They were either, I think it was, they were either drinking beer or hard liquor and no one's drinking wine. And he said, I would never even notice that. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> interesting. <I> <laughs> Interesting. What do you mean you're not watching everyone's drinking like a hawk? What do you mean it's not consuming yeah. 95% of your thinking? Of your brain space. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Well, there you have it, right? Just an example. <laughs> Just another example. Okay, so your 20s, we're working through codependency and, and, and sex and relationships and all the shit we have going on that probably leads us to do more of the drinking and other right. all-consuming things that ultimately became a problem. So you have this chapter in your book, chapter 11, uh, in your new book, Make Some Noise, and it's uh, titled Stop Checking Out of Your Out of Your Life. So um, we, we have a conversation a, a lot about numbing, which is what so much of this is. Mm-hmm. We, we do the things, we shop, we work out, we scroll through Instagram, whatever we're doing, we self-sabotage, we perfectionism ourselves to death to numb what we are willing to look at. So as you think about that chapter of your book specifically, is there like, how, like, do you have any like go-to tools, tactics, mindset shifts that you use to help yourself, um, stop the numbing and start fucking living a little bit more? How, how do you do that? How? Yeah. Well, the first thing is to normalize it and also give my per- myself permission to do it sometimes. Cool. And I don't think that there is any human who doesn't do it. And I just feel like sometimes it works. You know, like there's a saying in the, in the rooms that says it works until it doesn't. And, and sometimes it works. I think that your own self-awareness is the biggest part of this. As long as you are conscious of what you're doing 
And also, if you can put some kind of container around it, like if you're avoiding having a hard conversation with your partner or someone on your team, and you find yourself scrolling through social media for four hours instead of writing out the bullet points of this hard conversation that you're going to have, <laughs> put a container around it. Like, you know, no, exactly. I'm raising my hand too. <laughs> oh, and just say, so okay, me. I am so putting me. it on my to-do list and I'm going to do it tomorrow. And if, if accountability helps you, maybe it's with your best friend or your therapist or someone like that, then by all means do that. Because sometimes... I, I know for me, if I'm the only one holding myself accountable, I likely won't do it, <laughs> even mm. though I, I like yeah, to self-help truth. for a living. <laughs> true. Right. But that's it. just normalize that we all do it. And yeah. and what do you think is, is healthy? Like, what do you think is self-care versus going off into the deep end? Because you're the only one who can decide that. Yeah, 100%. Oh, such a good point. Okay, so speaking of taking care of yourself, right? Um, let's talk about one of my favorite companies that can help you do that, and that's Advocare. I don't know about you, uh, but personally, I try to eat right most of the time, and while I'm pretty good at it, I'm not perfect. And according to science, most people aren't, which is why supplements are even a thing because they supplement what you're missing in your body and Advocare's kick-ass lineup of supplements can help you do lots of things from boosting collagen to getting your gut in check to managing your mood, all things I'm down for. So make sure you check out Advocare in our show notes to not only support this podcast, but get product discounts because you listen. So you, you mentioned therapy. Mm -hmm. Um, and I know you do a lot of work as a, a coach, a recovery coach as well. So how important is that in your life right now? Like, do you go to regular meetings? Do you, are you in regular therapy? Are you coached yourself? Like, talk to me a little bit about your journey, um, to stay so out of the weeds and up in the forward momentum yeah, of recovery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I'm also really lucky in that some of my best friends are coaches and oh, cool. we have, we've learned communication in a way where they won't give me advice unless I ask for it or they'll yeah. say, you know, if I'm complaining or if I'm, if I'm in the weeds, they'll say like, what do you need from me right now? Do you? And so I'm advanced in that way. And I want to just acknowledge that privilege that I have because not everybody has those friends and therapy. Yes. I mean, my therapist retired in gosh, it's been since March of mm. 2021 and I'm wow. looking for someone new. I have not done IFS yet. Internal family systems. Mm. That's my next, that's my next one. But, um, with that's scary. Each, each, it is <laughs> scary, is so but scary. To, to me, I look at so it what does as, that mean? you guys both looked at each other. Like you both had a moment and I have no idea what that means. So someone so who's internal not in family the systems is you can Google it and there's some blog posts. And I think even the, the website, the IFS website kind of breaks down what the therapist will teach you and then work cool. with you through. And so it's, it's, you the, the theory is, is that we're made up of like three or four different parts. There is the, um, I can't even think of the names of it right now, but it's like the, the part of you that is like not well, there's a part of you that wants to protect that part of you. There's like kind of like your representative as Glennon Doyle talks about, like, you know, the, the person that comes out, like you're, you know, you're, you're the self like that presents. Like we are right now. Yeah. yeah. Like right, uh, this, exactly. these people right now, like we're and working. I, yeah. 
I think it's helpful because it allows you to realize who's running the show at what point in your life. Mm. So it's taken me 15 years to come to terms and to admit the amount of rage that I have over my former marriage that we got divorced in 06. It was final in 07. And for so long, for many, many years, I was just numb to it. And that's when I was still drinking. And I got sober in 2011 from alcohol. And then I've been like slowly chipping away at it. And after this last therapist that I had, we did some somatic work and like, can I cuss on this? Yeah, girl, come on. So I came out of it and was like, (laughs) I'm, I'm fucking pissed. Like I'm fucking pissed at not so much what he did, but what he did to my body, like the Mm. trauma that was caused and that I'm still having the repercussions from it. I'm fucking pissed that I have to pay this much for therapy. Mm. I'm fucking pissed that like it's still coming up. And I used to feel like, um, I used to make that mean things that it didn't necessarily have to mean and without getting too much into it. But like, this is why you can't see it right now. This I, this picture up here that, Ooh, that you yeah. women can see, but the listener can't see it. I have a framed picture of my, um, from my senior year in high school because that's when I met him. Oh. And I, all the work that I do, I feel like is for her because that is, that's the girl who's pissed. Wow. I She's know. pissed. Whole body chills. Oh, me too. Because of some things that happened. I got pregnant and Holy had an abortion. Shit. It was just, it's a long story. And that's, that's what I need to go to IFS yeah. for is for wow. her. That's Ugh. next. Good yeah. Girl. That's, that's work. I well, you know, we talk chills. a lot about doing <laughs> the work. Like these the are work. the things we're talking about, like diving deep into the systemic. I mean, we talk in you know, the world about systemic changes and how things are systemically yeah. broken. Like, honey, they're systemically broken inside of you and your family too, right? Oh, yeah. Um, it's really insane. I saw something on TikTok the other day and it was um, a guy, a therapist who ended up saying my, like the fundamental question I ask is, wait, are these your values or are they the values of your parents? Your parents. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like, wow. is this important to you or is this what was systemically ingrained to be important? Was it the was it the one about the woman who didn't want to get a divorce because yes. her parents told her yes. to just always work through it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was That's really powerful. Example. It was a really powerful question. Um, I kind of want to bring it back to codependence and I want to pull something yeah. that, again, something else I loved from your book. You talked about your board of directors and how, yeah, this while this might not relate exactly to codependency, I'd love to get your perspective on first sharing a little bit about what you mean by getting your own board of directors and then maybe how me, because I'm interviewing you, so I want it for selfish reasons, how I could kind of (laughs) manifest that into kind of making sure that I'm inside the guardrails of my own codependency. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking those as two totally different questions. Is that fair? Yeah. So because people might not have read your book yet, um, make some noise, Andrea Owen, go get it. But you do talk a little bit about having a board of directors. And I thought that that was a really great thing. And then I'm going to have to af- uh, ask you to ask me that other one again because I have ADHD. Parking lot at so much. <laughs> My brain at one no time. We're coming back to that so one. They're both good. The BOD is an imaginary board of directors that that you can have because not all of us are lucky enough to have these incredible mentors in our life that can guide us. And so the board of directors is anyone who's real or a fictional character. It can be man, woman, non-binary, whomever you want is on that list. And when you get stuck in a difficult, like you have to make a difficult decision, if you are, if you hesitate before you shoot an email or pitch someone or you're getting up on stage or whatever it is, you can tap into this board of directors and 
ask them, like if they had a meeting and they were like, okay, there she goes. What are we, what are we going to tell her? What are we going, what advice are we going to give her? How can we motivate her? Or, or even if you're looking at that board of directors of like, what would, what would she do? What would they do? So on mine is, uh, Michelle Obama, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, also, Chacha de Gregorio from the movie Grease. I'm a huge fan of hers. Which <laughs> Fabulous. Not, it's, a, it's a thing. I, it doesn't not a lot surprise know, me. It, I think she just did not get enough credit for the amount I'm of so confidence that, that woman had. Okay, I'm um, taking notes on this shit. I'm getting a board I don't of think she makes friends very well. Like, but anyway, anyway it's, a, it's, a, it's a whole thing I have. But you can have... And maybe your mom is on there or your children. It, it, like there's no rules about it they, or God or Jesus or whoever. Or Oprah. Oprah and might Oprah, have to be exactly. on. Oprah, exactly. on mine, I feel like. Snoop. I, I'm sorry. She's I on mine too. And it's just this imaginary board of directors and like, I have, well, my computer reset itself, so it's gone. But for a long time, I had a desktop with, um, with you know, the, the collage, the pic collage that you can do with like all of their pictures on it. 100%. So it was on the screensaver. Oh, I love so that's just, idea. It's a, it's a way to motivate you and, and kind of have something or someone to turn to when you're stuck. I love that tactical, juicy, easy to do, very fucking visual exercise like I will shout that out from the rooftops because I think people are looking for ways to find something you know, 99% of the time we've got it inside of ourselves and so many times we outsource um, mm -hmm. decisions and self-worth to other people and their opinions of us and we're always we, we liken this to Dorothy in the Wizard of Oz right like all she really had to do was click her heels three times to get to where she wanted to go <laughs> but if the fucking good witch would have ever told her that Dorothy would have never believed her right? right she had to go through the journey and so who is with you who is mm -hmm. there and if you don't have it in the form of people we just shut down that fucking excuse and we have given you the permission to say go get your own go get your own mm -hmm. go get your own and this is a beautiful way to do that i love it good one amanda yeah. good one okay amanda what was the other up. question second question amanda so coming in question. with the questions <laughs> So as it relates to codependency, because it's something I, I struggle with. I mean, although I've done the work, I just bounce cycle back through that problem again and again in every relationship. So like if, if you were building a board of directors to help you with your guardrails of codependency, maybe for people that are struggling with it, including myself, like who could we put Asking on that for board? a friend? Yeah, I would put personally, I would put yeah, on every therapist that, that I know would like <laughs> lean in and say and say something like, is that yours, Andrea? Or is that theirs? Mm. <laughs> or, or something like, do you down. think that's a reasonable behavior? I had a therapist that used to ask me that when I would like tell her what I was going to do that was like so ridiculously codependent. She would like, do you think that's a reasonable thing? <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's what I, mean, I would do. Yeah, it does make you sick down. a little bit, but... <laughs> All codependency work does. I also think it's never too late to circle back and fix what you've, the mess that you've already made. So if, for instance, if you've, say there's some like family drama going on, I'm just going to make this up, like with your mom and like one of your siblings and they're like kind of trying to drag you into it and it doesn't, you're, you don't want to get involved, you know mm. how it's going to end. And, but, but then something happens and you're like, I got something to say about that. Mm. So then you go in and do it. It's not like you don't have to keep walking in. You can say something like, you know what? I realized I made a mistake and this doesn't have anything to do with me and I don't want to get involved. It, it never ends well. And I, I wish you both the best and I'm going to have to bow out. I apologize if I've made a mess here to anyone and I need the both of you to figure it out. You're both adults and I believe in you. Bye. Oh, you don't you don't wow. have to keep going. 
Damn. Thank you. That's I love hard. that. Stuff with your family is like so PhD we, level. It's a big <gasps> time. And Amanda and I have plenty of it, you know, and I'm sure, I mean, I think every human being breathing oxygen has some of it. There is no perfect family and it's hard. You know, you pick your friends, not your family, and you're born into these situations. And, you know, I'm always reminding myself, you know, there's, was, I did a post on Instagram where um, it was like, what is some common advice you don't, you hear all the time that you don't agree with? And one of mine is like, fake it till you make it. I'm like, actually, let's just go make it till we make it. I do think we have to sometimes dress for her success, but that was my example. And then one person commented and said that blood is thicker than water. And she was like, fuck that, fuck that noise. (laughs) And I was like, yes, girl. Like, it's so true. It just because you are my mom does not mean I'm going to sit here and be fucking abused anymore. Right. Um, Or made to feel um, in any way. Right. So I think, you know, again, boundaries. So Andrea, if someone is listening to this right now, just to kind of close up this like codependency conversation that we could talk about for fucking 25 hours. Um, if there is someone listening right now, we talked a little bit about what codependency is, but like, what would you say? Like if, how, what are some telltale signs to know like, yep, you are probably dipping Uh your toe in that pond. Are there like five or four traits you could rattle off and, or is that just too ambiguous? It's tricky. It's what I I don't, I for sure want to say this, like, A, that's a great question. B, all of us have the symptoms. And and if you read mm. through, like if you just do a quick Google search and you read through 50 bullet points of the symptoms, yeah. you're going to see yourself in probably totally. half of I them did. I because did they're human things. Like I you Googled can't <laughs> not have it. You can't not have it a little Got bit. It. But I think where it crosses the line and any telltale signs, um, if you feel the need to rescue people, if you see someone struggling and, and you're like, oh my God, it's a project. Let me tell them all of the ways that they can fix themselves. And also if you put every, and this is so common for women because we're trained to do this. If you put everyone else's needs before your own and you neglect yourself and then you're resentful (laughs) and Mm. pissed at them, that you might be a little bit codependent. So my short answer is I encourage you to, um, and not just Melody Beattie's codependent no more, but Pia Melody wrote. Um, oh yeah. Oh no, sorry. Pia Melody wrote codependent no more. Is it Melody facing Beattie codependence? Wrote- sorry. Yes. Yep. Melody Beattie wrote codependent no more. Um, Pia Melody wrote facing codependence, mm, and Pia Melody beautiful. also wrote facing love addiction. That was the book that changed my life. Wow. Real quick. Okay. All love love addicts are codependent, but not all codependents are love addicts. Damn. So, okay. I know. Mm-hmm. It's, it, and and it's it. Love addiction is one of those things. Like every time I talk about it on a podcast, I get DMs oh. where they're like. Shit. I didn't know that please? was a thing. Well, because <laughs> people we... people hear love addiction and they think sex addiction and love addiction right. is the same thing. Nothing to do with nothing to do with physical intimacy. Sometimes they overlap, yeah. but it's it's I I think I think Definitely I don't know, but too. more women are love addicts and more men are sex addicts just because mm-hmm. of conditioning and cultural Damn. bullshit. Yeah. So oh, I'm sure you do get when I first learned of love addiction, I gobbled up all the information because I was like, oh, my gosh. And exactly what you said. All love addicts are definitely codependents, but not all Mm -hmm. codependents are love addicts. And when you really dive into love addiction and how that plays out in relationship and specifically into your codependent tendencies, again, that was those are hard. 
so hard. I, can I just give a quick example of what Please. of what like my my love addiction looks like now? So yes. When my dad died in 2016, I'll give you a quick example, and I'm going to talk quiet because <laughs> my kids are home. When okay. my dad died in 2016, obviously lots of grief, lots of stuff gets kicked up, and I'm not my best self. And one of my ex boyfriends um, reached out to me via Facebook Messenger, and he was like just offering his condolences. And he's like, I only met your dad a couple times, but he was so kind to me, like that kind of message. Meanwhile, this guy is like married with like a hundred kids and lives in like another state. And so we messaged back and forth and I told him, thank you. And then he messaged me and it was kind of like one of those wrap up messages, like, you know, I hope you're well, just totally innocuous. And I felt like dread through me of, oh my God, this conversation's over. How do I continue this conversation? How do I charm him so we can have this ongoing conversation? I wanted him to make me feel better. Mm. And it was subconscious because that's my love addiction, like, like on its way wow. <laughs> because I had so much grief. And it, my way of dealing with it was instead of sitting in it and sitting in the weeds and all that shit, I wanted a man to come and rescue me and take me away from that and make me feel better and tell me I'm pretty and like pine for me. And that is dangerous. It might seem like Mm. it's no big deal, but people in long-term recovery tend to know when they're quote unquote using. And that for me is, is a huge red flag. I hit me over the head and it was like, Andrea, that is somebody else's husband. You do not need to message him back. Close down the conversation, say goodbye. And I did. And it was hard. Because I wanted to keep talking to him. I am you so proud are amazing, of you. and your vulnerability—you I mean, really are. Is, Damn, like you just showed so many people, so many people. something that they can find in themselves, and that is just—that's yeah. wow. Uh, <laughs> that's all I, I can't can not say. tell the truth. I like I, know. I, I kind of hate it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And whether it's a man or whatever, I mean, we all have those or moments food. where we know, we know it, and I think the fact. Andrea, I hope we, we're always works in progress, no doubt. And there's always so much work to be done, but I really hope you feel proud. Like just that moment of you being aware of that has got to feel like, oh my God, the work is starting to work. Like, Mm -hmm. don't you feel like, did you feel proud of yourself in that fucking moment? You know, that's how, you know, like, and I'm also grateful because I hear a voice and that voice told me two uh, things. It said, that's somebody else's husband. Yes. And it said, leave it alone. Leave oh. it alone. And that's what I tell my dog, which is kind of funny. Leave it. <laughs> leave it. Yeah. This is like what we, leave Very it. Simple. Holler, leave it. <laughs> leave it alone. Leave it. I could do that with a million things. Leave it. Put I it I should have left it in my shopping cart down. last night. <laughs> like same. Oh my God. I put in a shopping cart. I bought, can I Seriously. tell you what I did again? I bought, I, Amanda, you're going to be so mad at me when I reveal this, but I feel like I need to, but I'm having a moment. Like again, leave it, leave it. This is what I'm going to say. I bought $800 worth of swimsuits last night. Where are you going? Are you going I am somewhere? going nowhere really. But this I, is how it all I manifests. Have- it I have been working better, out girl. and I thought I deserved it. I thought I needed it. And and there and there were three swimsuits. That's what's the fucking worst part. Oh dang. And one was on sale. I mean, I cannot Zimmerman though. If you want to see a beautiful <laughs> swimsuit, free ad for Zimmerman. But again, what I should have done, again, this isn't just about sex or drugs or again, this is a podcast about addiction and those addiction addictive behaviors we all have and whether mm-hmm. it's shopping or whatever, like leave it leave it, Judy. And obviously I have work to be done because I, 
I didn't leave it. And yeah. I love that you left it, Andrea. And I'm so fucking proud of you for that. Yeah. Thank you so much. I, I, I really appreciate that. And just don't, don't you find that it's the sh- the shopping for the perfect swimsuit is actually the bigger high than when you buy it and get it? And yeah. Yes. I find that. It better fucking Yes, because like you I said, you. it's the chase. It's, it's all the about the search and the seek and the chase. And but the- see, if you, if you t- unpack this really, it is about comparison and someone else has the same brand and she looks a certain way and I want to if I do what she's doing and maybe I'll look that way and if I oh and if I then you can talk about it it, of Mm -hmm. course it's it's so much more than the 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 drink it's so much more than you know the dm it is it is so much more than that and so I think this has just been healthy on so many levels Andrea we could talk to you all day how do people before I ask you my last and final hard-hitting question Mm um how do people get more of your magic outside of your three books, which we'll link to outside of your incredibly high vibe podcast, which we'll link to, which I was on your incredible Instagram feed um, that we will link to. What work are you getting caught up into now? And are you taking recovery coaching clients? Like how can people find you and how do they work with you? Uh, Yeah. I was just going to mention you were on my podcast very recently. Make some noise podcast is probably where they can consume the most content and my website, andreaowen.com. The books are there. They're everywhere books are sold. I'm actually writing a memoir that won't be out for another year or so. Yay. I want Amanda to write a memoir. Someday. We should talk, Amanda. But yes, I am taking clients. I usually take client consulting for um, book writing, whether it's self-publishing or traditional publishing. And... um, recovery stuff like that I love it yeah you are a she recovers coach right I am Um, certified certified coach she Mm -hmm. recovers yeah which uh, for those of you listening if anybody is struggling um, that's a great place to find a coach and Andrea could be your girl so where people are always looking for resources and that's incredible because I do love um she recovers yes Don Nichols the the founders she's incredible incredible stuff so Andrea when I offer up the phrase yes and to you what comes up I, well since we've been talking about recovery i think that like you just said w- about the you know your bathing suit story like there's so much to unpack it, it's it's yes and there's so many layers to it recovery is a lifelong journey which i have a love hate relationship with yeah <laughs> and lastly always tell the truth whether you're saying it to yourself or someone else and be kind and clear. I love it. It sounds like the and for you is yes, keeping yourself like, yes, this is a thing. And what's the work you're going to do about it. Right. Mm -hmm. Amanda and I always saying, yes, the awareness is everything. And how are you going to hold yourself accountable? Like, and is the movement. And I think recovery is one of those, those, Um, clubs we join um, that that requires movement more than anything else because you've you've gotta you've gotta move to make a change old keys aren't going to open new doors and Andrea you certainly unlocked a few new ones for us today my god thank you you are a goddess what a gift thank you for being here my dear thanks for having me this has been such a fun conversation I I love these conversations I can have them all day long Mm. thanks Andrea Okay, Amanda, can you even with Andrea Owen? No, like that she was, was fucking great, amazing. Like I knew that she would be good, yeah. but she way yeah. exceeded my expectations. She's just 
she's really incredible. She has so much yeah. to say. And she has so, so much smart. knowledge. Oh, yeah. So smart. Okay, you got to tell me, what was your biggest takeaway? I love finding, I love, I want to hear your takeaway, your biggest takeaway. I know there were 8,000, but what there was There were. There were so biggest. many that it's a little bit difficult for me to nail it down to one single takeaway. Um, but I will say this, what she did remind me of is that, uh, there's a lot of work that I personally have to do <laughs> and mm -hmm. maybe others took away that, wow, just exposure and, and language, you know, love addiction and codependency. Um, yet I do think that for me, I asked a question about the board of directors and that is something that I find a really cool and powerful tool, but I will definitely be taking leave it alone. Oh, leave it. leave it. The DM story was fucking great. Because I need that. I feel like I should touch whether it's on a swimsuit. <laughs> Seriously, leave it. Leave yeah. it. Like it's yeah. my dog. Like what I say to JMO and Tito, leave it. Get yeah. out of the shopping cart. Put down the brownie. Close the Instagram. You don't need another drink. Whatever it is, leave it. That was powerful. I would say for me, um, that was, I piggyback on that. But I will say, I wrote this down in my notebook. Um, so when I give interview, when we do interviews, I always keep a little notebook. So like if I don't want to lose a thought or I write a takeaway or something, right? And this is the one that I circled. Is that yours or is that theirs? Yes. Is that yours or is that theirs? When she was talking about like, who should I put on my board of directors? If I'm codependent, like who, who she's like, uh, all of your past therapists who asked you, is that yours mm -hmm. or is that theirs? And that is something I'm going to start asking myself more often. Cause I can find myself starting to dip into these, like, am I taking care of everything because I need to take care of everything or am I enabling here? Right. Am I, am I, what, what, what what's going on here? Is this mine or is this theirs? And I think that's going <laughs> to save me a lot of trouble this year. The title of my memoir be, would be The Great Enabler. A hundred percent. Girl, fucking trademark that shit. Go buy that domain right now. Go buy that domain. GoDaddy.com. No, seriously, though. But, like, it, yeah. it is so true. I mean, just the awareness and just how proud I was of her at the end for her to, to in the DM story, to, like, catch herself in that how many times I mean that's how you know the work is working like you know you are doing it right when you can say oh shit leave it you can literally hear yourself talking to yourself and you actually make a better decision yeah. because of the work you've done I think that is that was and her powerful. vulnerability girl like yeah. she has no problem just no. saying it and that was also a really good reminder like look at how far she's come she's written books yeah. and it's like she's still yeah. sitting deeply inside of her own in truth, the work right down to like he is married <laughs> leave it alone yeah. like why are you leave doing this it. you know it's just right. it's really coming powerful back lesson. to the foundational work we're always yeah. talking about building the foundation you know you may be building a new house. Your house may have crumbled. Maybe a, a, a door has opened up that opened a door you didn't see coming and you're not sure how to prepare. Well, what do we do? We begin again at the beginning. And this is why the methodology is so bulletproof. And it is cool to hear from someone like Andrea, who has written multiple books, who is a certified therapist, who is deep in this work, coming back to herself time and time, time again, because none of it would work without the foundational um, the foundational approach of 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 really working on yourself to to begin to begin yeah. with so it was good it was good so you know listen if you loved the show as much as we loved making it for you if you found any value it would mean the world to us if you would share it with a friend 
Yeah. Would you share it with a friend? Would you share this interview with someone you love? Um, and of course, we would love a review on iTunes. But my goodness, if you have found anything of value, it would mean the world to us if you pass it on. Um, and of course, if you have any questions, comments, ideas for the show, we love to hear from you. You can email us anytime at hello at judyholler.com or shoot me a DM on the Instagram. This was fun. Amanda, thanks for your energy. This was good. This was yeah, good. it was so good. Thank you. <laughs> Until we meet again next week, keep opening those doors, baby. See you soon.